actors are like actors. They perform on the theatrical stage, striving to delight their audience. The drama, the anticipation, the emotion, the passion, and the teamwork. It's a spellbinding combination. It was 140 years ago that our cricketing forefathers met under a gas lamp and chose football to fill the dark winter months and for many, their dark, heavy lives. Football was escapism. Aston Villa formed the first ever football league in 1888 and that makes me proud. So much has changed. So much genius has graced our theatre over the years. But I never stop loving every reminder of every jinking run, every fierce tackle, the smell of freshly cut grass, and the roar from the whole end. They say you don't choose Aston Villa, it chooses you. Being part of the Claret and Blue family is being part of my family. As a teenager, I was transfixed by the 1957 Cup Final on television. Thousands lined the streets of Birmingham to welcome home their heroes. We had conquered England. The 80s were intoxicating. Our seventh league championship. The 1982 triumph over Bayern Munich. We conquered Europe. I remember a rain-soaked night at Villa Park as they paraded the League Cup that won at Wembley in March 1994. And in 1996, the thrill of being there at Wembley with my family for the 3-0 victory over Leeds in the final. But from great heights, there has been the pain of defeat. Losing to Chelsea at the old Wembley Stadium in the 2000 FA Cup final. To Manchester United at the new Wembley in the 2010 League Cup final. But the lows just make the highs higher. We are at the heart of English football. We have a majestic name, a decorated past. We serve as a shining light among our peers. We are Aston Villa. And here's to the next 140 years. The warning is out there. It's Tess and Paul. And we are on Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast tonight. So if you do hear this warning, it's me just cutting off Tess if he goes on a tangent that is too <laughs> far gone. How you doing, buddy? Doing really well, thanks. Um... I always look forward to that siren. It just makes me feel right at home, you know. It's your siren. It's your siren, mate. Thank you. you I, let you borrow it. I let you borrow it the other week, but I only I borrow shortly, and that's it. So, mate, have you completely lost your mind? Have you recovered from Monday morning? It does feel, it's Thursday night we're recording this, but it does feel longer than Monday morning that that game occurred, mate, against Manchester City. Yeah, it does. Um, I think just partly because normally we have a game on the weekend and we'll talk about it on the Sunday or we'll talk about, we'll talk about it on a Saturday if um, the game's on a Friday, for example. Um, so it feels like a, a, long, a long time ago. But at the same time, what it's done is given us a bit of time to reflect, right? So um, on what the game was and 
um, I was reading social media afterwards, as you do, about the game, and people are losing their minds. Um, there are there are some Twitter supporters that are absolutely losing their minds because we lost to Manchester City. And I, don't get me wrong, I understand in the manner that we lost, um, but in all honesty, before the game, you know, if you said to me, hey, Tess, would you take a draw for this game? I would have bit your hand off uh, for, for a draw against Manchester City because no matter what they've been going through in terms of their off-the-field um, stuff, um, you know, they haven't been in the greatest form, but they always seem to show up against Aston Villa and um, that's what they did, um, albeit that we helped them along on the on that particular um, match. Yeah, no, we weren't we weren't great. We weren't even good. Um, you know, we were dominated by a team that, on paper, there's probably only one position you would say that that we are better at, and you would say probably goalkeeper. Um, I think there was a number of people. Um, you know, if you look at the squad, player for player, we've got one player who's better, and, and that's basically it, mate. So, if we expected anything else, I don't know. Yeah, and look. At the beginning of the game, um, we came out of the traps and I thought, you know, um, Watkins got the ball, played a delicious ball to Bailey. I mean, I, maybe I'm being over-ambitious, but I felt like he should have, like, scored a goal there. I felt like he should have just cracked that ball straight first time and tried to hit the top corner, um, and he didn't. Um, if that goal, if if he scored that goal then I think we might have been looking at a different next 20 minutes because the next 20 minutes after that, it looked to me as though City could have been like 3-0 up already at that by that time. Yeah, I, I would normally uh, agree with you other than we... I don't know any team that I've known in the past decade that scores a goal and has a goal scored against them a minute later. We, you know yeah. I mean? we seem to have that as a bit of a thing we do. We're yeah. still celebrating as the ball goes into the back of our net. That's been that's been what we've been doing before. Um, I think lately it's it's kind of been eradicated from from our game. Yeah. Um, we've been a lot better defensively. And and, and bear in mind, you know, um, Chambers came in for Tyron Mings. Tyron Mings wasn't there as that leader, pushing people around, telling people where to go. You know, we weren't the offside trap didn't seem to work for us at all um, in this game against Manchester City, where you look back at the last seven eight games. Our offside traps have been amazing. You know, they've been catching everyone offside. Um, it just wasn't to be in this game. Callum Chambers came in for Tyra Mings and he hasn't played any minutes, really, has he? You know, he no. hasn't he hasn't really played any minutes. So, yeah, like for me, and I typed it in our group chat, I thought he was awful um, first half. Second half, Manchester City kind of stepped back a little bit, but he grew into the game and was a lot better. Um yeah, really, really tough one. But we made some mistakes. We lost the game against Manchester City. I felt like we could have lost it by more, and we didn't because of we, some great I saves. We, I agree. I think we look tired, Tess. Um, we, our manager's asking a lot of us, and, and not in the lead style, but he's asking them to learn a new game. Every training session looks like it's fun, but it looks like it's a new way of doing things. So people are having to do their preparation. Training looks really hard, which it should be. Don't get me wrong. Um, and maybe just right now, a little bit mentally tired. I know we had the um, 
World Cup break, but it did look that way. And that's a you know a little bit of a concern. And thank goodness we're not in any kind of relegation um, battles at all because they, they're looking a little bit tired. And there's what sixteen games to go. Yeah. Um, I know that he mixed up the squad, and that's a good thing as well. And people will say that we're thin, but let's go to a couple positives. Watkins is is definitely playing some of the best football. Is he due for another contract renewal? Is where's his contract status at the moment? Look, and if you go back a few months, people were talking about how much would we take for Ollie Watkins in a January transfer window, and then I was saying to to people on on a previous uh, podcast that I was on uh, back then is. Who are you going to find out there at the moment that's going to score double digits as a striker that wants to come to Aston Villa? Yeah. And and the reality is there isn't many um, strikers out there for the money that Villa were going to be spending. Buddy Watkins has done a really, really good job for Aston Villa. And there were times at the beginning of this season when we were talking, I was just like, just a finishing though. It's just, it's hurting us. But at the same time, the opportunities that he gets when he gets to run onto the ball like Douglas Louise gave to him. You know, he does pretty well with those ones normally. Um, so well, I've kind of changed 20... my mind. I've changed my mind about Ollie Watkins. I think he offers a lot to our team. Um there were well, times going forward, Tess, he has to be a squad player. I mean, I mean, um he might I don't think he will be a squad player. I don't think he'll accept that role. Um, he's been involved in 10 of our 26 goals this year. So he scored six, four assists. Ollie Watkins has come through the through the levels, though, in terms of league football, hasn't he? He's come from like playing all the lower leagues and come up and then playing at Brentford, and then we've picked him up from Brentford. And over the last couple of seasons, he's proved himself to be Premier League-level striker. If they don't want to go on to the next stage of, of our, I guess, progression, if you like, and the continuous improvement then eventually, you know, if he's not scoring and finishing well, then there will be strikers um, that we will look to get to to help the team. And it may mean that he either changes his position or he might want a, a different challenge. But at the moment, I'd love to keep Ollie Watkins and I'd love the club to probably offer him a new, a new deal to keep him. Yeah, well, there's... <laughs> You know, I think that's the positive, that he, he's been involved. He's putting himself in good positions. He's harassing. But there wasn't a lot of else. Really, there wasn't a lot to take from that game. I think 3-1 actually, in all honesty, flattered us. I think it would have been the least um, that Manchester City fans would have wanted out of that game. They were just all over us. I mean, honestly, I know we talk about stats. They had three... 100 more passes than us in the game. 300 more passes. The game mm. is 90 minutes, Tess. We couldn't get near them. They had 17 shots on goal and six big chances. It felt like more. It, it mm. felt like nine or 10 big chances. It could have been, it seriously could have been 6-2, 5-1. Was, it was a thrashing of the highest order. I mean, I don't know whether the second goal for Villa would have been in that in that game. I mean, we got the the goal, unless you're talking about the one, the very first shot of the game at the beginning. But other than that, I didn't really see us as a threat. Oh, the Coutinho, sorry, sorry, yeah, the Coutinho. Oh yeah, yeah. The Coutinho shot that was saved by um, Edison, but I think that was going to hit the bar if he didn't touch it. Um, yeah, and, I mean, and, and, and it's, you know, I'm not going to vilify this person, but 
I, and in fact, I won't vilify the person because he's done it all his career. But how dumb is our VAR system to give that penalty? Oh. That, that penalty with Grealish going down. And, and look, let's not pretend he didn't do it for us nonstop. It's, it's part of his game that he cannot eradicate. That was a disgraceful decision. And for VAR to uphold that, I had the cop. I'm a Brisbane Raw supporter, guys, and they're, they're in the A-League in Australia if you're um, from overseas. I had to cop a Brisbane Raw decision on Friday night where one of our defenders went to kick the ball. An attacker came from behind him. They both kicked legs, and it was a penalty to um, Central Coast. We watched the replay on the screen, and we were all like, oh, yeah, that, that's a disgraceful decision by the ref. They like, VARO will overturn it and gave it. And then a couple of nights later, I have to cop the same kind of thing. It was just two unbelievably bad decisions. We didn't want VAR for this, mate. This is not what VAR was brought in for. I mean, the confidence levels of VAR at the moment is... Um, I'm, I'm in two minds about this a little bit because I've watched it a couple of times now. Like, And I watched it probably about half an hour ago. I don't think it's a penalty. Like that's my that's my opinion. It's never it's it's never. A, sorry, mate. I think you need to earn a penalty. What the hell was that? I mean, it was. I felt like I felt like there was the the first little touch from Ramsey, weren't there? And then he kind of let it touched him and kind of let go, and then kind of skipped around the back of him to go around the other side to get gold side to to block him. I I barely saw a touch for Jack to go down how he did. Um, and so I'm more, I know people People really come out this week, Tess, and being angry at Grealish. I'm more angry at the fact that uh, the referee and VAR didn't overturn it. I'm far angrier that that happened than... Uh, did they review it even? Did they even I, that, review Maybe it? they didn't. Maybe I don't they think didn't. they even reviewed it. Yeah. I mean, that's what VAR's there for. Surely someone upstairs is watching the whole game. Now, I say surely, but you heard about two referees um, in, in, in the past week or so what happened with them, didn't you? Yeah, they forgot about they forgot about drawing lines and all that sort of One stuff. One forgot to draw the line, completely just didn't draw the line. Um, and the other one, um, he forgot to count one of the uh, attackers in, in, in the line. He didn't even count them and actually said, I forgot to include him um, in the calculations. What do you know the... what we need to do, Paul? We just need to draw a line under these referees. <laughs> well, it was Lee Mason, wasn't it? One of them. I don't yeah. want to vilify him. Um, now, now, I think it's Italy that's brought it in partway through the season where it's now um, every player is tracked and it's kind of like what's in the referees' watch with the ball going over the line. They use the tracking on the players to line up the VAR. So it's semi-automated now. Um, and people, you know, there's still going to be mistakes with that, but at least it's not a human forgetting to draw a line. I'm, I'm still trying to get on board with the VAR and it's, it's a tough one because I like that the technology can find a goal or not a goal um, in that sense. The offsides, I'm a bit... 
you, I don't like the offside. I don't like the offside laws. Um, do, you not, do you not think VAR should be? And, and I think most of us thought this was coming in. And I was actually excited, to be honest, Tess, when they were bringing VAR in, because I thought it was for the howlers. Not for someone's um, foreskin is ahead of uh, the defender. <laughs> um, because that's what it is yeah. these days. You know those ones where you line it up and they have to do 50 re- uh, reviews and they're like, oh, yes, look, that, that little bit of his elbow skin's ahead. Yeah. It was for the howler. You know, the guys, if someone's arms in front, I, I, we want the body. We, I mean, I know you'd have to ratify that and change the laws. But I was under the understanding it was for the absolute howler. You know, someone's well on side, someone's well offside. A handball is a clear handball, but it, I don't think anyone knows what it's meant to be at the moment. Well, the problem is, is that when we used to have offside laws, it was judged by the linesman or the lines person, sorry, and the referee. And more times than not, because they have been doing it all the time, they would more than likely get the decision right. On occasions, you would find that the attacker would get the benefit of the doubt by marginal. It would be marginal most of the time. But now, now that... it's the defender. Now it's the defender getting, you know, we're talking about offside. We're not talking about other, you know, penalty yeah. decisions. Yeah. Um, we all want it to be in the favour of the attacker. You know, if it's a few millimetres, if it's a millimetre, if it's, if it's touch and go, then I think every one of us, if we voted, would say, no, hey, look, Goals is what the game's about. Celebration's what the goals uh, game's about. Let's not call it off for that. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it looks like it's in line to 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 the line liner's um, vision, then I, you know, I favour the attacker in in that position. I mean, the whole it's... point of offside test was to stop teams basically cheating, throwing everyone yeah. forward, having them all on the goal line, yeah. and, and just having it booted down the field. Yeah. And it's now become this. It's almost and then it's interfering with play now, isn't it? It's that yeah. interfering with play. So if that player's, if one of the players is close to the goalkeeper, is they are they interfering with play because they're in the goalkeeper's vision and all this sort of stuff is. Yeah, it's... we're going to have generations of of, of uh, young kids who do not know how to celebrate because you celebrate a goal and you almost feel foolish celebrating a goal whether you're at home or at a game now because so many times that goal you're celebrating, VAR's now called it a non-goal and you're like, oh, I feel like a bit of a dick. And, <laughs> and that's going to completely take... People are going to wait to see mm. if... I, I know live when I go to games, I'm almost waiting for VAR to go against me. So celebrations are so muted these days. And what is it like, though? You score a goal and you're, you know, you've got that rush of scoring a goal. The VAR checks it and now you've got to stand around for like five minutes. Wait, well, not five minutes. I know it's It feels like that. it. It, it feels, feels like forever because you're, you know, you're, you're paying to watch the game. And then, and then they give you the goal. And then it's like, right, I've got to cheer myself up to celebrate. <laughs> I've got yeah. to celebrate this goal because it was a, it was a goal. And, but some of that energy and that that adrenaline's gone from that celebration, hasn't it? It's taken away from from that moment. And and I totally agree. And it actually ruins celebration. So you, you score the goal, VAR checks it, and it's half a minute to a minute, then gives the goal. And yes, you get a second kind of wind of celebration, and everything. But it just feels doesn't feel the same, and it's taking away from the, the, our game. It really is. I just think on the, my last point on that is it just takes away from the whole team as well because all of a sudden when you have that momentum, you scored a goal, the confidence of everybody goes up, right? 
But then you've got to stand around for a couple of minutes just waiting while they check to see if it's a goal or not. And then the players in their minds have got to reset themselves and try and keep that momentum going again to go from kickoff, from with Villa and stuff, you know, from kickoff after we scored, <laughs> always seem to lose a goal because that momentum sort of goes away from you. So, yeah, it's a hard one, that one. Well, the other thing is, mate, um, we want to go, I want to go back to my other point. And I just wonder how many players um, that aren't are going to have to be circumcised. Um, how many nose reductions, <laughs> haircuts, everything. Because that's what it's coming down to, mate. That's what it's coming down to. You might have to sign a contract to, to have it all cut back. Look, um, I, I won't have a problem because I ain't got no hair. But, you know, people like um, Cucurella or, or William, they might, have a, they might have a problem. No, exactly right. Look, well, you know, so I suppose the positives to take out of the game, um, it's good to see Watkins on the board again. Um, I think, you know, we would have got done previously by a lot more. Um, I, I think the gaffer is trying to see what he's got. He feels safe with the team in terms of, um, you know, relegation. I mean, a couple more losses and you could, you know, theoretically get pulled back into it, which I don't think you will. Um, but I didn't find a lot of other positives. I thought Konza tried hard. I thought Louise was probably our best player with Watkins. So there's players. I mean, Louise is having his best Villa uh, period by an absolute mile. He's just really come into his own. Um, so other than when he done really well for us when we were through that Dean Smith COVID period as well, yeah. I felt like he, he, he was playing it out of position in a position that he wasn't used to, that everyone battered him for. Um, and... He is easy. We have to be careful with Dougie. I know he just signed a, a new um, contract, but he's standing out a lot. Oh, you can see a big, you could see, and, and you know, I, I can say this you could see a really big club uh, from anywhere in a Champions League window. He'd be a nice little bit of cream, wouldn't he? Not having to be the best player in the team, um, not being picked up by the best player. I, I could definitely see him in a Champions League team. I mean, he's, he, he's, he just seems to be. I used to talk about Villa need play ball players in the middle of the park. You'd probably need one real strong player who can do the crunching and all that kind of stuff. But you need somebody who can control the ball, dictate the the way that we play, and he's been doing that a lot, which which is really good. Like I really I really love that about him. But he's also built up a pretty good partnership with Kamara. What we've got to remember though is that we are playing with the same team that we played with pretty much with the previous manager and the previous manager before that. Our team hasn't really evolved that much. You know, we're still, we last season at the end of last season, I think we, we were doing um, well against Manchester city and then capitulated the, the, the game there. But these are the same players that we've got now under Emery. And then there needs to be, there needs to be in the summer, a lot of changes if we want to move forward. A lot of these players have been fantastic for Villa, don't get me wrong. Um, but if you want to evolve, then a lot of them either well, need to find new challenges or they or they become the the um, the backup. Well, we already did a very big clean out in the last transfer window that we, you know, many supporters um, were bemoaning the amount of signings. But I have, you know... We cleared out a lot of players. A lot of players returned back to their clubs that we had on loan. Um, I don't think there's any doubt in the world that we're going to be going into a pretty big spending spree. 
mm. in, in getting the players that Emery wants. They were, the players available in the last transfer window either didn't want to come to us or they weren't what Emery wanted. Um, so I think that's going to happen. But Louise, do you know how, like, off the top of your head, do you know how old he is? 23. He's 24. And I was actually a little bit surprised because I knew he was relatively young, but I was, I was thinking, oh, you know, 27, 28. So he's 24. So he's someone you can, you know, have in your squad for another five or six years. Um, I mean, he was the under-23 captain for Brazil. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you, know, you just sometimes you just forget those things. And he looks a little bit older, I suppose, than 24 as well. Yeah. Um, Unless you but, watch his Instagram posts and he's got lots of filters left. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't. I've got to be honest with you, mate. I, I have a look at Instagram for uh, for my kids and that's about it. Occasionally chuck something up myself. Mate, then we got... um. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we said, how many points would we get? And I was hoping for, you know, I was hoping and not joking. I was hoping for seven points in our last three games. And we're coming up to our third of the three games that we covered. So a bad loss to Leicester when we were playing really well. Um, We were thrashed by City and we've got a really good challenge. And it's for us, it's an early Saturday night game, Mm. 10.30 for us, 8.30 for Spud. Um, Spud's got his new bub, so couldn't make it tonight. And we haven't done this yet, mate. I think on the count of three, we should do it. If you want to join in a bit of a happy, happy, if you know what I'm saying, uh, to Rhino, our other host. So um, I won't destroy the list. Happy okay, birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday dear Rhino. Happy birthday to you. There we go. There you go, Rhino. Also, that's for you, big man. Also, um, yes. we've got to talk about Spud's um, uh, new arrival. Yes. Um, which means that. Technically, on this pod, we have Ollie and Watkins. Yes, we do. We have Rhino <laughs> Watkins, and we have uh, we have Ollie Holmes as well. So. Ollie Holmes, yes, we do. What so a beautiful just... name! I-, I love the name Ollie, uh, not just because of Ollie Watkins, but um, I just think it's a gorgeous name, and it and it goes well with with Spud as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, it's... and oh, he's just a beautiful baby, yeah, really beautiful baby. Uh, so, congratulations as well on the pod. Uh, to Mark and your family, Spud yeah, and your I family. Yeah, I forgot that we like. didn't do that. So congratulations to Spud uh, and his beautiful partner and Bubba, and they've already uh, and and, and um, the rest of Spud's family as well. And and to Ryan, uh, we know you're overseas, mate. We just hope you have an absolutely wonderful birthday with your gorgeous family. We are blessed uh, to not only follow Villa, and we've become friends in you know in recent months, all of us. But we've all got beautiful families. We yeah. are bloody lucky. Like we the are four, lucky. four guys to have four gorgeous families is an absolute blessing as well. So, uh, put yeah. is Rhino going to a game? Is Rhino going to the Arsenal game? Or no? I, I believe he. I believe he may have secured tickets. I thought this afternoon when I was having a look. But uh, so if not, and I think he is, we're playing at Villa Park against Arsenal, and I've got once again, Paul's being over uh, over overly optimistic. Wait up. I've stolen it. Hey, give it back. <laughs> That's uh that is definitely test the siren, but I'm I'm stealing it because I just think um he'll move the squad around again. Um <laughs> and I think I, I don't know. I, I I'm pretty I just hope we come in as a crowd. I hope we come in as suppliers really looking to um I don't know, really looking to take this game on. This is a really, this is another free hit, mate, I believe. <sighs> yeah, it's a, 
it's a really good game and a good time to play um, Arsenal, I think. I think it's a, a really nice time to kind of play Arsenal. Back of their minds, they're thinking about winning the Premier League. They're thinking that, look, we need to get the three points against Villa because then we've got the tough game against Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, or have they got City first? No, they've got... Have they got City first? Or have they got us first? No, they've got us first Saturday night, mate. Saturday yeah. They've got us. And then, uh, and then from there, um, they have... Oh, no, 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 no. Because no. they've got, got double game got... weeks. So no, they've, they've got... got they've got City... Uh, sorry, they've got um, City tomorrow morning, then us on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. So let's hope that their confidence gets smashed on tomorrow morning. And then it's a very quick backup for them to play on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- this game, I think this game should have been played earlier in the season, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, that's still um, a really, really quick turnaround. Mm. And I can't wait to actually see that game tomorrow morning because... That could be a complete, um, you know, if if City do get the uh, win tomorrow, um, even though Arsenal will have a game in hand, they'll actually um, be on top of the ladder. Yeah, well... Um, or table, Arsenal, sorry, table, table. I'm using Arsenal will go into this game saying that if we can beat Manchester City, we're, we're away and then we, we're gone. And then, you know, they've got Villa and they'll, they'll fancy their chances against us. If they lose to if they lose to City, then they they will come with extra fire at Villa Park wanting to beat us. Um, and I think I don't know if they, they'll probably talk about it, but Emery against Arsenal wants to to prove a point. Can this happen? Um, so I don't know. I, to be honest with you, the way that Arsenal are playing, um, I would take a draw. I would like a draw from from the. I don't want it to sound negative, but I would like to take a, at least a point from Arsenal. And then we go on and then we've got some other teams that are teams that we should be really taking three points off if we if we want to progress and do what we want to do. You mentioned a bit earlier there, Paul, um, just about the bench. And um, we've got rid of a bunch of people in, in the transfer window. But I still think the bench is, I mean, we don't have big numbers and you know, leaving out lots of players. But we do have players who can come on and make a difference in the match. Um, for example, we've got um, McGinn's back from from injury. We've got Cash. We've got um, Duran on the bench there. We've got Dendonka. Uh, Coutinho on the bench. And then we've got, what's his name coming? Oh, Traore to come back. And we've got, um, what's his name? Um Douglas. Is it Douglas? So, Carlos. Carlos. So, I, I think the depth that we've got there is the kind of depth you want. Uh, obviously, short if we get a couple injuries. Um, so, I like the actual squad that we've got. I, I, I actually really love Birdie coming back. I think it's a it's a good thing for the rest of the year. Um, obviously, Emery got, sees something in him. Um, I think Emery likes a left footer too, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think, you know, Burke can offer something different I just keep picturing that goal that he scored where it was just it was just a beautiful goal where he just left foot just slotted it in the bottom corner keeper didn't move well who was that against I can't remember oh, who was, was it again? Brighton or someone like that I, I don't know who it was I, I, um, I'm not sure but do you think that I think Troyore will put a lot of pressure on Bailey depending on if if because they're both on that when they both play on that right hand side, they kind of both have a trick in them. But 
But Troy Lane is the... he's not as fast as as uh, he's not as fast, obviously, as Bailey. But he, he keeps his feet. Yeah, he does keep his feet. It's just the tracking back part of the game that well, Bailey. I, I used to see not much better. No, is it? Not much better. No, but can can we bring in John Duran there? Oh, because okay. he... can we go back. He's he's already. I mean, for his age, he's already looking pretty. Dumb. I mean. He's made two cameo appearances, and in both those cameo appearances, it felt to me that he was strong, he was yes. quick, he 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 was getting the ball, laying off, flicking on headers. I mean, even that shot again in what ninety yes. third minute, I was like, "Holy shit!" Can, can I be a bit blasphemous then? Am yeah, I allowed to be, am I allowed to be blasphemous? Of course you can. So many things about him remind me of Ben Teki. Oh my god. I just, especially when he hit that shot, that snapshot, yep. and I was just like, I wanted to swear then, but I was just, holy rubbish, crap, whatever you want to say. Holy Fruit Loops. I mean, and I was just like, huh. <laughs> he, he is, isn't he? I, I, so I'm not imagining it. He really does look like he's got the bits and pieces. And as he gets more confidence, minutes he, into the legs and everything, I think we've got He was involved in it. our goal with Watkins. He was involved. Yes. He was the one that poked the ball away from... Uh, I think it was Bernardo Silva, maybe. And then Dougie was there, and Dougie just laid the ball straight through to Watkins, who went on the score. I think we got something special here, mate, that we might have... There goes my dogs there, arguing. Quick break in the podcast, just to say thank you so much for listening. Um, we'd love your reviews, whether you do it on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, whatever. Um, look, we don't get paid for it and we don't choose to, but we'd love your reviews. It helps us get out to other people. Uh, so if you do, we'd really appreciate it. This is the Love Sport Podcast. And uh, Manchester City certainly have taken the money and maybe they've done their run. Look, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. He's obviously not going to listen to this podcast, but we've definitely got something special there. I mean, I'd I'd, lo- I'd really like to see maybe um, as a sub again. I'm going to have to stop, Arsenal. mate. Sorry, mate. I'll we'll stop there for a second. Hey, stop! Oh, recording the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, mate. The girls just came out from a uh, that's all right. Drive. So from so, anywhere from thirty-two minutes, I think. It was. Okay, thirty-two. Let me go. Yep. Okay. I'm just going to put a flag there. Um, anytime someone comes home, they go nuts, even though they know it's us. Yeah. Everyone so, goes nuts when I come home. So. Ah, <laughs> so frustrating. So, I'll just wait a sec. Do, 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 thirty-two, thirty-four. Yeah. So Duran, to me. I, we don't want to put the pressure on him, Tess, but it's been a delight watching those couple of cameos so far. It's been really, really... Um, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. And you know when you watch the YouTube highlights that everyone sends around, you're just like, yeah, yeah, this looks good. But anyone looks great when they're on YouTube and they've got their own YouTube clips. But when he came on, it was his willingness to be involved straight away and try to do things. He did it against... Came on against Leicester and did a few little things. I was like, Bailey hasn't done that all day. Bailey hasn't done this all game. No. And then he came on against Manchester City 
and he just wanted to run at people. Jump! He was jumping in the air, trying to win. He's a big lad. He looks like a big lad in our team as well. And he was jumping for headers, winning balls, flicking them on, um, laying off, running back, doing the defensive work to, as I mentioned before, just to to poke the ball away from, I think, was Bernardo Silva uh, to give it to Dougie Louise, who, who laid it on for Watkins to score. And then that snapshot, um, that that beat that beat Emerson and hit the crossbar. I was just like, whew. No, we got I something. Mean... We got we got something special here. And 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 the thing is, what's we, we've become such, uh, and it's not um, it's not our fault as supporters. We've become such kind of a selling club over the over the last few decades. At any time we've got someone with any kind of talent, um, we seem to you know be willing to sell them. And let's just hope we see this guy for, you know, I'm over the top here, but why not dream like other clubs do? Wouldn't you love to see a player for a decade? I'd love to see another hero for the club who's spent so many years. Um, I don't think you get the one club man anymore these days, really. You know, the last one I think I saw that kind of got frozen out was someone like Mark Noble, I think it was, for West Ham. But... Yeah, it would be nice to have somebody who is just committed to the club and just wants to to stay. Their family is settled. Um, like, I mean, like, John McGinn's kind of been that kind of player, hasn't he? Since we've, look, he we've got, he's been there for a long, long time. He so, has. Uh, I mean, look, we wouldn't. He's not going to be in the pantheon of uh, of Villa legends. He's going to be one of the players that we look back in years to come and go. Yeah, McGinn was good. He was good for a few years, wasn't he? He's never going to be in the pantheon of greats. And we haven't had enough of those players over the past few decades. And if we want to talk about being a big club and a successful club, Tess, you have to have at least a few people over the years that are your heroes. And it's harder and harder to find those. The longer yeah. we go on as Villa supporters, even the guys we go, oh, I loved, you know, you know, I love Juan Pablo Angel, but his record's not outstanding. It's a it's a good Villa record. Um, but you look at other clubs, they've all got someone who's been there for years and become a legend. We just don't have that. Yeah, I, I th- it, it could come. It could come. I, for it example, come, I, reckon. <laughs> I would like to see someone like Jacob Ramsey really develop in his career and become a really top player because he, you know, for the under-21s in England and stuff, he was doing a really good job. I'd like to see him try to eventually break through into the full England national team, but become a real quality player um, for us and probably be one of those players that stays with us uh, for, for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, it's really it's really difficult to know because we're going through this phase at the moment where we're trying to be better, we're trying to improve as a club, trying to aim for better targets than we have in, in recent years. And so it just depends on the trajectory and how, how we manage to, to do that over the next couple of years. And hopefully um, Emery... We'll start that off or continue it. Well, Ramsey's 21. He's got Emery as his mentor. We've got some other young players there. Um, you know, Dougie Louise has the ability to be that player. Um, obviously, Martinez, if he stays for a few more years. Ramsey, Duran. I mean, Watkins stays for a few more years and, you know, bangs in a few more goals. Mm. Um, you know, and no matter what people say, um, you'd have to have him... Uh, right up there, uh, you know, how many goals he's scored for us now? It'd be 30-odd, wouldn't it? Who, Watkins? Yeah. Oh, he's got something like 11 assists and... Uh... There, you go. there you go, 34 goals in 102 games, right? 
So hundred games. I think he just had his hundredth game, didn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, this is all. Um, yeah. So third, I think he's got thirty-four goals there, right? And, Twenty-four goals, eleven assists in hundred games. That's what yeah. it is. So if you, you you walk that up over the history in the next few years, and if he's with us for another four or five years, and you know he can get another thirty or forty goals, mm. I mean that's a pretty sizable career. So there is the ability to have some of those players, and let's just hope under Emery, whoever he decides to bring in, um, are those long-term players as well. So we've got Arsenal Saturday night. We're at home. We all know that it hasn't been the greatest atmosphere ever. Did you get an email from the club this week at all about doing a survey on the whole tend and supporting and stuff like that? Yeah. And, I mean, that shows that the club is aware um, that it needs to do more for the home support. And as we look at getting to a 60,000-seat stadium with a lot of season ticket holders waiting, um, that's... Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. That's um. I like that the club are reaching out. I like the club are reaching yeah. out to the supporters because at the end of the day, there there has been sign of it felt like a disconnect between um the board and the supporters and also the team and the supporters at the moment. I feel like we're in this kind of transition. For me, we we're in Australia, so we don't get to go to the games. But you know, when you listen to we we, we watch every single match, right? We watch. Yeah. From we watch the full ninety minutes here in Australia because we're lucky to be able to do that, or we can watch any game we want. It's all live here for us, but we watch Villa every week. And when Villa Park, we play at Villa Park, it is the the sound that we get is immense. You can hear it through yeah. the the TV screen how loud the Villa fans. But when it's not positive, we can't hear anybody. Um, you could probably say that about most Premier League grounds these days, though. But the away um, support, though, is different yeah. for Villa, though, because I yeah. feel like every time we even play away from home, even if Villa aren't playing good, I still feel like I hear those away supporters. You do. You do. You know? the, com- the camaraderie, the, you know, travelling together, um, the, you know, the team is your, uh, and your club is your family. That away trip is just one of the greatest things in world football, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In fact, I probably would say, and I said it in the last couple of podcasts, I, I find away trips far more satisfying than home games half the time. And it shouldn't be that way, but it does seem to be that way. Um, where do we beat Arsenal on Saturday night besides putting the goal in the or the ball in the back of the net? Where in, do you think we can win the game? Um, I think in, in the middle of the park, it will be very important for us um, against Arsenal because they often seem to um, control the game against us using the middle of the park and then using yeah. Saka wide or um, is Martinelli on the other side. Um, yeah. They have a different threat. So they can either bring on Martinelli or have Trossard, who's in good form as well, came on the other day um, and scored a goal from the bench. So I think we need to be strong, compact in the middle of the park. I think we need to take our opportunities when we get them. I think we will get opportunities. Um, and to be honest, the only reason that teams have been scoring against us lately is due to our own to our own fault. You look at the Leicester game, all of those goals that they scored were mistakes, big mistakes. The goals that Manchester City scored in the first half um, to, to be winning 3-0 were all mis- serious mistakes that we made. If we can get rid of those mistakes, it makes us a lot tougher to beat. And on the counter attack, I fancy us. We 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 can we can do something on the counter attack. 
And, and, and I agree with that because they do play a little bit of a high line. They also love to overlap. Um, and that's, I think every one of their defenders um, has got either a goal or assist or both as well. So they're going to, if we can control some in the middle, um, we I do believe they'll be open at some point. They will be. And we just need to be, uh, to be patient. Uh, we need to try and play our game um, the way that we play. Hopefully Tyron Mings will be back because I think he's really, really important for us. Oh, I just want him to oh, I just want him to nut sacker. Just an accidental, you know, knee to the balls. Because there's players in teams, right, that some teams you don't care, right? I, I don't really care about Odegaard. I know he's a good player. Mm. But he does, you know, five assists, eight goals. He's had a fabulous season. But he doesn't, you know, he's not a player I go, or like Partey or anyone like that. I don't dislike them. But mm. Saka's just one of those... He looks like he sucks on a lemon uh, every time he goes out in the field. If things yeah. go against him, he's always sour, man. Um, yeah. He's one player. I know he can beat us, but I'd like to see Mings nut him. <laughs> um, well, hopefully, we haven't. they haven't got Partey, so that'll be also good. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon the team will be? Look, it's a really tough one because I didn't see the team, um, obviously injuries and everything. I didn't see the team the way it was um, I, like when when our lineup against Man City came out, I was I was a little bit surprised. I wasn't quite on top of all the injuries and everything. Um, but let's do what we normally do. I don't think he's going to make massive changes to the lineup, and it'll mm. come down to if Mings is fit or not because he's an obvious starter, right? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Let's do it. Let's go from Start the back. With... Obviously, I mean yeah. Martinez is going to be there. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think Young will play? I think he will play Young against... Um, I think he'll start Young for the experience. Um, I think... Is Marino injured or is he just... No, no. He's not. He, he so played. I'd go Young I'd go young on the right, uh, Marino on the left. Um, hopefully it is Mings and Konza in the middle. That would be me for the back line. What about your back line? Yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. I would... I think it's... I think we have to take Dean out of the the first team for the next match and give yeah. Moreno a start for yeah. sure. Um, do you know what's really really funny? Alarm bells and stuff. But Ashley Young starts for me. He should start for me because he's got the more experience and he's been doing a really good job. Apart from that goal that uh, against Manchester City, I know Chambers did that really horrible header. Yeah, but but the defense had reset by that time. Like and. Ashley Young didn't watch his the back post. He was ball watching. And if he was watching what was going on around him, perhaps he would have got to Gundogan before he scored that goal. But that's the same, I, that was the same as the Leicester game, though. Our, our defence is very ball watching at the moment. Yeah, I, and, I, and I know that Chambers made, did that header. But by the time he got up, got towards Haaland before Haaland whipped the ball across, the defence looked like they'd reset. And where the ball went was to Ashley, past Ashley Young, and he just wasn't watching. He wasn't looking to see if there's anyone around him. Yeah. So a lot of people are blaming Chambers for that goal, and at that moment he was trying to do the right thing, and I understand that, and it was a mistake. But Konza was back in the middle there. There was players there back in 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 place, and Ashley Young let Gundogan in behind him to score that goal. So there were just those moments, but I would go Ashley Young. Over um, Matty Cash, I just feel like Matty Cash is. I don't know what's if he's lost confidence. Um, I know that he hasn't been playing, but there were I, times. 
there's got to was... be something going on on the training pitch with uh, and, and with him and Emery, or or Emery doesn't have confidence in him. Because if Emery had confidence in Cash, he'd be starting. Yeah, I think it's the not trying to keep the ball long enough, or trying to 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 be more controlled with the ball and and play. Because when he came on the last couple of games to replace Ashley Young, I felt like he was just whacking the ball up the left hand side, up the right hand side, yeah, rather than trying to look for a pass. Yeah, and, um, and and Emery doesn't like that. So no, yeah. So that's my that's my backline along with you. So I agree. Well, Cash will um Cash will be gone in the in the summer, which is our winter. If if this continues, because he is a Polish international, he does offer a lot to the right team. Um, and I don't want Cash to go, but I could see if he doesn't get games in the second half of the season, I could definitely see him going. Mm. And 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 I want to reiterate that that's not wanting him to go. I'm talking about a player's preference. I, I hope he has the um, nous to realise where we're going and, and fights for his position. Not, not enough players seem to do that in any sport these days. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the midfield? Now, I, I can't see him swapping Buendia, Camaro, Louise or Ramsey, right? But has Coutinho maybe, could Coutinho start in place of Ramsey? Not in place of Ramsey, no. Ramsey hasn't had a couple of good games, but he doesn't. No, he hasn't. I suppose Coutinho doesn't offer the, um, the the ability to take the ball forward the way Ramsey does with pace. Mm. Um, McGinn's not going to start. He, he won't have match fitness. What's, what's your what's your what's your midfield lineup? Okay, well, if if I was going to choose, right, okay, so I'm not going to. We're going to differentiate differentiate between what will happen and what I would like to happen. Okay, that's fair yeah. enough for you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so I would go Brendia, Kamara, Louise, and I would start McGinn. If he runs out of legs, that's fine. But it gives us a bit of balls in that midfield. That's a real fighting midfield. Um, Brendia, Kamara, Louise. I'd go McGinn. Mm. Yeah, I don't hate that. I'm doing all. it. I'm doing it for who we're playing. Yeah, I don't because hate that at all. That's a spudism. That's a spudism right there. I don't. And you know, McGinn looks like he's played. In, he's since come back from injury. Looks like he's got a bit of fight in him. Um, I, the only thing is, just don't want to be in that position where we we everyone knows what we're going to do with where McGinn plays. Like everyone knows what Bailey's going to do at the moment. Don't they? But, you know, every team at the moment knows Bailey. He's going to get the ball in right, and what he will definitely be doing is he's not going to try and go down the line. He's going to cut inside and try to do something on his left foot, and it's just a bit predictable now. And teams have worked that out a long time ago. So yeah, I would go for this particular match. I would go with Buendia, mm-hmm. Dougie, Kamara, and. McGinn too. If he's fit enough, I would go McGinn. Just get, we're looking at a bit of grunt there. Um, I might surprise you with what I'm going to do up front here, mate. I'm going to go Watkins, and I'm going to go hungry like the wolf. Hungry like the wolf. <laughs> I, I think, I think Bailey needs a rest, perhaps. That's well. where I'm going. I'm putting Watkins and Duran up front and offering a uh, offering something extremely different. You just said um, that we know what McGinn's going to do. Well, if we started Watkins and Duran against uh, us, I can't. I cannot see that they would have been uh, ready for that up front. 
also they don't know about Jordan Duran yet. None of them know, and they're not preparing. They see a 19-year-old kid who's been sitting on the bench. He's made a cameo appearance. But in those cameo appearances, he looks like he can be strong in the air. He looks like he's physical. He looks like he can run. And that's maybe what we need to have against a team like Arsenal, because we know that defenders can head the ball. We know that they're quite strong physically, but we also know that um, Gabriel and Saliba can be beaten um, with players giving them a bit of rough and tumble in, the, in, the, in and around the area. So... I don't think like, it's a bad shout. Like, like he's he's nineteen. He's fit. He's ready to go. I mean, <laughs> I'm smiling now that we're talking about it. I'm just like, I mean, give him a start. And he'll play with no fear, mate. And 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 he won't stay on the ground. I couldn't imagine from what I've seen so far. He won't get bumped. Stay on the ground for half a minute, like Bailey does. I just think you know, try something different. Duran and Watkins starting. Um, he looks uh, aggressive. We've then got five. You can then bring Bailey on uh, in the 60-odd minute. You can bring Coutinho on. So the players that we're bringing on up forward will still offer a different threat. Mm. Uh, You know, you could bring on Bailey and and Ramsey, and um, it it, it just gives us that really nice little... You know, so often in the last few years, you look at the bench, and we're looking at, you know, either a left-back or a right-back coming on as an attacking option, you know, like... Okay, they're going to get fresh legs and they're going to carry the ball up. But mm. the good teams, they have a they have someone come on who who offers that threat. And you go, oh no, it's seventy odd minutes in, and look who's coming on. Mm. I think we just need. Do you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see us be compact and uh, kind of bullish and 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 aggressive in in the first half of the of the game against Arsenal to kind of we're at home. We're we're at home to get the to get the fans on side. And then, you know, later on in the game, you know, 60 minutes, 65 minutes, 70 minutes, whatever it may be, um, the game will start to open up. And then we've got the options to bring on the Ramseys, the Coutinho's, the Baileys, who can add a bit of pace and creativity to try and to try and win the game at home. Um, but we, what we do want to do is we want to make their defenders, you know, like Gabriel and Saliba, we want to, or Ben White, if they've got them, we want to make them know that they're in a game. And I feel like, Duran could do that because of his size, his well, power, and his Watkins with his harassment and his pace. Yeah, and, and and I just think that we must offer a threat up forward, and I just would love to see Duran come on, give him a go, and if he's knackered it after fifty odd minutes, then and but he's put in a shift, then we know where we're at at the moment. Mm. And he doesn't I, look slow either, does he? He doesn't look slow no, at all. Definitely not slow, and I, I just think at the moment especially the way Arsenal like to play, we cannot afford to continue to lose the ball. And Bailey at the moment, he just, it, as soon as something doesn't work, he loses the ball. And if he's not going to track back, then we're in big trouble against Arsenal. Mm. So I know like we've defended Bailey for quite a long time. And just recently, it just seems that he can't do anything right at the moment. Is what would you would you would you say that Bailey is an overrated player in our team? I, look, I, I I don't know about the uh, overrated. I think that there was something that you said before that I I was visualizing a lot of the play from this year, and you you talked about Bailey cutting back in on the on onto his left, right? Yeah. There was three or four times I can think this year where he was terrorizing the uh, defenses, and all we had to do is tap the ball past on his right boot. And, and use his pace. And he didn't take that option and cut back on his left. And mm. so even with a great coach like Emery, 
he's not showing the football progression and intelligence that I'd want to see from someone at this level. And, mm. and that he's going to be one of those players. And we say it about other sports. I think he's going to be too good um, to be playing in lower divisions and not good enough for the Premier League. I hate so to say like that, but I, good in working. somewhere like Germany or France or somewhere like that. Well, he, he he played in Germany and he played well, right? And he's just not learning. Uh, you know, <laughs> Watkins harasses. Watkins can finish from close range. Watkins is a threat, right? The, the, the time of sledging Watkins from our supporters has to be gone. Mm. As I said, 34 goals in 100 games and 11 assists. You know, we can go back to some of the players we call legends and, and his record would be with, not the legends, but his legends, uh, sorry, his record would be there with many of our top players over the years, right? Because yeah. we, we easily forget. Bailey hasn't afforded that right. I don't want to bag him, but he has not learned. And when you are so frustrated watching a player that you've defended, no, like, I'm sorry. I'm not sure how much more chances we can give him as supporters. And we have defended him nonstop on this podcast. I just feel like he's just maybe a bit tired. I think because the team, the same team have been playing week in, week out, which is good because, you know, in terms of getting to know your teammates, all that sort of stuff. And before, you know, Bailey would get a few minutes here or a few minutes there, or he would start the game but be subbed off and then his confidence levels were low, similar to what Buendia has been doing. But it's, they, a worry they... for a 25, it's a worry for a 25-year-old to be constantly injured and tired. That, 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 that is a worry for me. I mean, they've been working so hard. And Buendia, for example, didn't have a good game against City at all, um, but did pretty well, you know, in the previous few games. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe they need they need a a, a rest. To... Well, I think we gave it, I think we gave the answer, mate. We we said Duran in for Bailey. Yeah. But the nineteen year old legs, he looks hungry when he gets the ball, he wants to do something and that imagine he scores that goal. He scores a goal on the weekend. Cool. Imagine how nuts the crowd's going to go. I will promise you, he is going to lift that home crowd. I would. I think he. Okay, if he's announced in the squad before the game as a starting player, imagine the electricity around the ground at Villa Park. I'll tell you what. The you know we didn't sign sign many players um, in the window, but if you want to get the Villa fans up. And 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 sh- screaming and shouting against Arsenal at home, um, I think they would like to see that new signing come on, especially considering what he's the the small impact that he's had in the last couple of games. I think the supporters would really go for that. So who comes on throughout the game? Um, we talked about the attacking players, but if things weren't quite going wrong down the back, I, I'm really enjoying this. I could see Marino um, come on. He he also offers a threat going forward. Um, we could get cash uh, on uh, and maybe even play a bit further forward than he normally does. I, I like the fact that we've got some options here. And, and I think Emery's, you know, a thin squad, but a, a pretty handy squad. Mm. I'm just wondering um, if we, you know, a lot of people talked before when we signed Marina whether he might choose to try and play both him and Luca Dean. In the same side. I mean, I can't see it. I don't I know. Can't I, I can't see what the balance would be. And um, yeah, 
I know Marino's made a couple of mistakes, but he does seem to fight harder than uh, Dinier does or Dean does for the ball. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I like that. And he does offer, when he does go forward, he gets right to the... Um, byline. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really noticed that he gets right to the byline, takes players on and then crosses the ball in. And I really like that. It offers us something far different to the... one. I think Dean and um, Cash offer the same thing. Mm. Go up the sideline, cross it in. There was actually a moment in that game against Manchester City where Marino, uh, Coutinho put Marino in. Marino's gone right to the byline and and squared it straight across the goal where Conza yeah. and somebody else fell into the goal. But he should have just dragged it back to um, uh, Duran. Duran was just oh, there. Oh, definitely. He, he should have dragged that back to Duran and Duran would have left-footed that straight in the top corner. Like, um, But the point is that he does get forward. He gets in those more attacking positions. Um, and far deeper, far deeper as well. He's not just putting in that cross from about 15 to 20 metres out. He's he's a metre or two out. Um, that's the difference. He's got the, the pace and the nous to get forward, to get to the bottom and, and put the ball across or, or drag it back. Whereas Luca Dean's skill is being able to cross from quite deep and whip the ball in with that bend. But we don't really have headers in the team at the moment to take advantage well, of hey, that. Do we know? Do we know? Could Duran be that man? Well, that's what I'm saying. He could 100% be that man. Um, (laughs) I'm slightly excited. I don't know if you can tell. I can hear it. I can hear it in your voice. Well, you know what? Let's end the podcast on a positive note. Let's give our um, score predictions. I'll let you go first there, mate. (sighs) I've already got mine in my my head. I'm going to stay with it. Okay. Um, In my heart, I think it will be... Can I... Do you want to sound the alarm? In my heart, it's a um, it's a it's a one-all draw. Um, my head, my head is saying, <laughs> my head is saying that um, we might not we we might just miss this on two-one to Arsenal. I just, I I know we're at home and should be positive at the moment, but Arsenal are a very very good team. They are, um, uh, and I don't you know you you got you got to have balance. Um, if you asked me before the City game, I would have probably said that Manchester City to win the game, but I would have I thought it would have been like a 2-1 or something like that. I always feel like these days we have the ability to score a goal. I just feel like sometimes we just don't have the ability to to keep goals out. Yep. Yep. So, final score one? 2-1 Arsenal. Okay. Duran's going to score in the 17th minute. <laughs> You need my alarm for this because I know what's happening here. You're going to start describing whose who's body part is going to come off and how it starts. All right, ah, go. No, no. He is going to go onto his right in the, in the box, cut back onto his left, two defenders fall over, puts it just past. It's a scrubby shot just inside the post with the keeper scrambling and it goes in for a one-nil goal. We don't care how it goes in. We are absolutely dominated for the second half. Arsenal have shot after shot. Um, Martinez saves many. Konza is throwing his body all over the place. And Villa come away with an awful but such, such a happy 1-0 win. I like it. I like it. I wish I, I had want to see it. I don't want to see the struggles, but I'll take the three points. Hey, I just, I don't, I don't want Villa to lose either. I, I, I'm... In my, I take a one-one draw. I take a draw, full stop. Um, but Arsenal are a very, very strong team. 
have a moment. I think tomorrow, I think tomorrow's game could have a huge influence on this. If, if City can beat Arsenal um, tomorrow morning or Thursday morning Australian time, um, it, and, and City would, even though Arsenal's got a game in hand, City would be on top, that pressure will start building on a team that had a very big gap only a few weeks ago, and it, it could play a big part in Saturday night's game. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, you can look at it two ways, though. They, you know, City beat them. Does their com- confidence go down or whatever it is? Does Emery pick up on where we we can use the same kind of tactic to beat them as well with a different set of players? Or Arsenal win the game and against City and they think they're high flying and they come to they come to Villa Park and think they can just walk around and, and do nothing against a team who desperately wants to be in the top ten. I hear what you're saying in both ways. The the um, taking teams lightly in the Premier League, I don't think there's any team anymore that takes anyone lightly um, and more fool them if they do because Southampton's on bottom and they can definitely cause any sorts of issues to a team. Um, and they're only, you know, three points or four points out of getting out of relegation. Um, and then you've got Arsenal on top. I mean, theoretically, um, you never know as the season progresses. Man United could even catch us, and you just don't know. And that's the thing as well. Both of those teams need to watch out for Man United because they're not they're not far behind. Well, stuff Man United. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Go City tomorrow morning, beat Arsenal, <laughs> make it a really tough game. Um, let their confidence be down. Let Harlan score uh, two. Mm. Let let Arsenal's defense be like, oh man, this we're not. This is not what we like. Then Duran comes on with Watkins and we harass the shite out of them on Saturday night in the first half. I hope that I'm right. I don't actually have a feeling on it. I just want them to put in a really good shift. On a positive note, non-Villa-wise, at the beginning of the season, um, pre-season, you were saying to... We were we were at the um, Suncorp Stadium. We went to watch Villa. And you were saying to Leeds supporters, I think you guys are going down this season. <laughs> I did. You, you, you were saying that now they don't have a manager. Are, you, are your thoughts still the same? Oh, I'll say this, right? I might be a bit of a dick at times and I don't have any love for Leeds, but knowing what it's like to go down, um, I'm really not going to revel in, in a team going down. I, no. I did I did honestly think Leeds would go down. I thought the style of play they had and, and the pressure it puts on players, I thought they would struggle. Um, but I'm not going to revel in that, mate. No, bit Life of banter. <laughs> it was a bit of banter. I thought I just I thought I'd bring it up for you. Oh, I appreciate it, but um, yeah, look, I won't take credit for them having a bad season. Uh, um, I just, you know, I'm going to focus more and more as the years go on on my teams and not worry too much about anyone else. <laughs> but mate, good, good podcast, uh, Rhino. Happy birthday, Spud, with the little man in your family. Um, the Villa family keeps growing. Um, I won't say that we might be getting you a little surprise, little little Ollie, but we, we may have to get you something Villa-related. I can say that uh, mm-hmm. for sure. And certain. Mate, anything else that you wanted to bring up? Um, we have, um, once again, our uh, sporting group has bought in, and it's a club that's actually played against us in Europe. And the ambition at Villa is pretty amazing at the moment so we've just bought a stake uh, I believe it hasn't been ratified yet yeah um, but I think it's all been agreed just needs ratification with the Portugal club um, yeah, Vitoria, Vitoria. Sport, yeah Vitoria 
Sports Club. Uh, I think that's um, really good. I think that's really good for Villa. Um, and isn't there the Las Vegas villains as well, something like that? Well, they're still, they're still um, in, working like, on it. Las Vegas villains being in the lower, they would be in the what what America would consider the second division, but they don't have um, promotion relegation at this point, but they mm-hmm. will do. Um, and I was saying to you earlier tonight, I still think that, uh, you know, putting money into a club uh, in Korea or, or Japan, Japan's a bit harder because their clubs are, are, are well-financed and run, or even, and I, I know I said it tongue-in-cheek, but we have a team in Brisbane that has the lion as the mascot, and what a pathway it would be to get a, like a club like the Brisbane Roar. Imagine Villa coming in, it costs no money to buy them, and having a pathway for young Australian talents uh, as well. Yeah, I think that eventually will be the ambition of the owners, to be honest with you. I think they are looking to all these sorts of things and on better ways to to get Villa to where they want it to be. I think that Villa is the pinnacle of of, of their business strategy and they wanna they wanna get clubs around, you know, feeder clubs, all this sort of stuff around to to help with the scouting, to help to send players on loan so they can play at a higher level of football. Uh, somewhere else on loan, all these sorts of things. I think there's a market there for the club to to look at one of the Australian sides for sure. Um, whether it be Brisbane Raw, we can say that. Um, but Rhino might say, well, what about the Melbourne Victory? And then, and then I think uh, Melbourne uh, Victory. I think Melbourne Victory has twenty odd thousand members. Um, I think they're well established financially. They're the biggest club in Australia. I think that that would be a club. I I think we could aim. For a club that's less financial, that has a, a whole state um, to itself, I think that Brisbane would be an amazing... I mean, there's so many clubs in Sydney. You've got the clubs in Melbourne. There is one club in Queensland. I just think it would be... South such... Glory? South Glory? Yeah, South it... Glory. I just think with travel and everything as well, I think that a, a club like Brisbane or Perth um, being... I mean, Brisbane, uh, Queensland's the third biggest state in Australia. Um, and with one team here and having a lion as a mascot, I just think it'd be such an easy pickup. <laughs> I like it, sir. I like it. I just genuinely think that there is a it's market It's wishful here. thinking for me, isn't it? No, I don't know about wishful. I just think it's a, it's not a bad idea, though. I think it's um, there are, in the next few years, there's going to be a lot of talented footballers that are coming at, footballers that are coming out of Australia it wouldn't be a bad idea to try and get some sort of investment into a into a Manchester club over City. here. Manchester City's got uh, Melbourne City, and Melbourne City, um, uh, you know, one of the dominant forces uh, in Australian football right now. Uh, mm. If Manchester City are doing that with a Melbourne team, then a, a team like Villa uh, with um, V Sports uh, and the portfolio that they've got. Um, you know, having a club in Las Vegas, having a club in in, in Australia, having a club in Portugal. Mm. Big things are happening, mate. If we get that stadium up and running at sixty thousand, um, the money's going to flow in a lot more. Uh, just some really exciting times for the club outside of the immediate games we're playing. Yeah, for sure. We didn't give a mention to the, the uh, to the Villa women, by the way. No, uh, I think they played. Was it Brighton the other day? Was it Brighton? Was it seven two or six two? Six two. Yeah, and uh, the new signing is it. I think her name's Rachel Nobbs. I don't follow the women's game as much, but I did watch the highlights. Her Nobbs is a new signing and scored a hat-trick. 
yeah, that was that was an amazing. And look, it's something Australia does really well uh, in terms of the connection with the women's teams. Um, and and you know, I, I think it's about time that we started doing that. Mm. Um, and, and, and they are getting a lot more coverage. But you've got to think of the financial aspects that a club like Villa's got um, compared to teams around the world. They really should be. There should be no excuse not to be promoting the, the women's team a lot more. And you can already see that in the last uh, two to three years. I mean, we were the, um, we were the easy beats. Um, and and it, it's just amazing to see how quickly our women's teams comes together. And I have a vested interest, um, Emily Gilnick, is someone I've got to watch her career from a young girl at the Brisbane Raw. Uh, she's a fantastic striker, and she's at uh, Villa just continuing our Australian connection there as well. Yeah, see, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to watch more of the women's game, um, but normally the times I don't get, I can't watch them. But what yeah. I try to do is try to watch the highlights to see how they did, win or lose. Um, but well, they seem to be doing okay sort of on the table. They're definitely. Um, um, playing a much better brand of football. As I said, we were the easy beats. Um, and I just really like the way they're coming together. A um, couple of young goalkeepers as well. So New Zealand goalkeeper. Uh, it's a really, really quite multicultural team there. They've got a mm. new backup keeper. Um, obviously, a lot of English players, but players from Scotland, such as Corsi. Um, I, I, I don't know all the names, so I'm just going off the little bits I've seen. But um, obviously, Gilnick, for me, was a you know really good signing. And just for your perspective, Tess, over the last few years, a uh, few years ago, um, with the um, it used to be called W League in Australia, it's now A League Women's. Um, a lot of the girls there were really struggling to have a career money-wise. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, um, you know, I have a connection with Hayley Razzo. I've known her dad for years and she's a Matilda and she played for Brisbane and Melbourne and a couple other teams. She played for Portland uh, over in the Major League Soccer and for women. And they were averaging, I think, twenty-seven or 28,000 people a game for the women. Wow. Big numbers. So Portland Thorns and you got the Portland Timbers in the men. So these women who a few years ago were really struggling um, are starting to make a really good career of it, and so they should. Mm. The one thing I would say, and I've said this all along, and if this gets our show cancelled, that's fine. When women speak to me about sport and, and in terms of supporting women's sport, I always have. Um, so I don't have any qualms with that. I coach women's sport um, at all different levels. I think that women's sport's amazing. Get out there and go watch the Villa women play. If you're a woman who supports football, support your fellow women and get out there and spend cash because the more women that are there and the more men that are there, um, the sponsorship, the ability for them to um, get higher salaries and everything is incumbent upon all of us. So mm -hmm. get out there and support the girls. Absolutely. And and tickets are cheaper and you can take the kids to go and watch the games and the kids absolutely love it. Yes, um, And the players um, the players are really um, good after the games to go and um, sign autographs and take selfies and photographs with the kids and with family. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend if I got, when I next get to go back over, I'll definitely um, attempt to go and watch a women's game or two if I can. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll, we'll try and cover more of the women's game on this pod. We have been a bit remiss in doing that. Um, one thing about world sport at the moment, you only have to look at the uh, Indian Premier League cricket um, and they just had their auctions this week. And I think uh, Ashley Gardner, 
uh, young Australian cricketer went for 558000 in the auction there. So women's sport is definitely getting bigger and bigger, and so it should. Yeah, 100%. Well, mate, it's been another uh, podcast. I'm going to have to do a fair bit of editing again, as I always <laughs> do. And um, I'm glad to the people who listen to this podcast, once again, thank you. And the feedback that I get about my bad editing I, absolutely is hilarious. So I listen back to the podcast and I'm like, oh, my God, I've just left that in. Um, <laughs> so no matter what editing I do, there will always be mistakes. And I hope that you um, find that it, that, that it is a humanised account. We're just humans, and, and and this is what we love about our podcast. It's a little bit different to everybody else's. We we have a different perspective to a lot of people, and you know we kind of have a bubble out here in Australia, don't we? Because we're not really involved one hundred percent as you would be if you were in Birmingham, for example, or no. you were in the UK. We have a we have a bubble over here. We have our own perspective on on things. Also, with our editing and how we handle the podcast, so. Um, we're so grateful to everyone that listens. Um, keep listening. Keep giving us feedback because we love it. And yes. um, join the Facebook group chat. Follow us all on Twitter. Well, we can, where can we get? We can get Rhino Rhino Watkins, and we can get Spud at Spud four six eight five. We can get you at uh, Cuban Knight. Is that right? Cuban underscore Knight. Yeah, and me at Paul underscore Football. Um, Look, we're open to any feedback. I got told uh, by a Birmingham City supporter the other day that if I was in Birmingham, I wouldn't last a minute. Well, <laughs> I had been there many, many, many times, um, and I'm a big lump of a, of a loud-voiced man, so I'd probably survive at least 71 seconds. Well, look, you'd probably just be driving through Birmingham City and then going to Aston, so... <laughs> Oh, that's so true. <laughs> I have, I have, yes, I have, and I must admit, I have walked into the wrong pub uh, <laughs> wearing Villa stuff, and it was like a Western. The, the whole, doors, I, I wish I could swing remember doors the open. As soon as I walked through, the bouncer walked him in, shook his head, no. I walked in, and it's, I'm not even exaggerating, the pub went silent. Yeah, and yeah. I turned around and exit stage left. Yeah, that's what you do. I could, I'm, for people who are as old as me, I can hear Clint Eastwood movie music going with the the salon, yeah, the salon door swinging open and closed. I can I can just picture it. It was honestly the the bouncer's just shaking his head, mate. And I walked in, uh, I saw a certain hue of blue, and I went, "Oh my god!" Out I went, uh, quickly marched on, and uh, may have <laughs> may have may have had some residue in the pants. I'm not quite sure, but anyway. Um, mate, we hope for a win. As you said, you're being realistic. Um, you've given yours. I've given mine. I'm always over the top uh, optimistic. Uh, 